Welcome to Healthcare Highwire, where we balance business with healthcare. Sandy has served as Director of Clinical Operations, Clinical Compliance Specialist, and Director of Nursing Services. She joined LCS in 2013, where she is the Director of Clinical Services for our life plan communities. Today's host, Sandy Toole. Jennifer is the ANCC Accredited Provider Program Director and Mock Surveyor in the Health Services Division at LCS. She oversees the Life Care Services Accredited Provider Unit, which plans, develops, and executes ANCC Accredited Nursing Continuing Professional Development Education. Today's speaker, Jennifer Williams-Land. Welcome and thanks for joining me today. We're going to discuss the new phase three requirements of participation. I am Sandy Toole and I'm joined today by my colleague Jennifer Williams-Lamb. Just as a reminder, phase three went into effect in 2019 with no surveyor interpretive guidelines. Then in June of this year, CMS released those guidelines which are scheduled to begin on October 24th, just right around the corner. Our goal with these podcasts is to help you understand each of these changes and how you can best be prepared. Each podcast is showcasing one of the changes taking place. And today we're talking about food and nutrition services Food, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, Jennifer, and thank you for being here. Thank you, Sandy. I was just thinking food is like the number one topic with our residents, too. They love to talk about it. For better or worse, they love to talk about it. That's right. Um, <laughs> it is good to be here with you and uh, to help everybody uh, listening to uh, answer some of those questions they may have about the phase three ROP changes. Um, together, we have been working through each area, and uh, this is to have everybody have a better understanding and be prepared for the October 24th, 2022 guidance. And I'll be honest, I've learned a lot myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's good news. That's great. Well, how about you recap for our listeners just what they can expect from these podcast series? Absolutely. Um, Each podcast covers one of the 14 areas with phase three changes. We will utilize information provided to us from CMS, ACA, and Leading Age. And as always, we reference the State Operations Manual Appendix PP to provide for you the same information that these state surveyors use when they come in to do your state survey. And as always, Sandy and I advise that you download the SOM and follow along so that you get the most complete information. Well, As we said, today we're going to talk about food and nutrition services, and this covers F812812. That's food procurement, storage, preparation, distribution, and service. Jennifer, you want to define this tag with the changes? Yes, this is, it's going to be a breathless one here. It's F812 states the facility will store, prepare, distribute, and serve food in accordance with professional standards for food safety. That's short and sweet. <laughs> it's to the point, yes. Yeah, well, you know, as you well know, this is always a big, big area for surveyors, and it seems yeah. to be one of the top cited tags, not just in our LCS family, but across the nation. And Well, as we said, everyone loves to eat, so it does affect everyone. How about you give us some idea what uh, is included in these new guidelines? 
Well, I think that the guidelines actually are going to help us quite a bit because it it talks about two different areas of food uh, distribution and service. So it kind of breaks it off so the surveyors understand it a bit better. So the new guidance falls under food distribution and is concerned with the separation of food distribution and food service. So food distribution means the process involved in getting food to the resident. This may include holding food in the steam table or in the refrigerator. It also means dispensing food either for individuals or family style and the dining or delivery of the food. When meals are assembled in the kitchen and then delivered to the residents' rooms or dining area, it's appropriate to keep it covered either individually or in a cart. Food service means the process involved in actively serving the food in the dining room or outside the residence room where staff are serving uh, food and beverage choices directly from a mobile food cart or steam table. I can't say I've ever seen that where they are like pushing an actual steam table <laughs> to, to deliver food. To, I've never seen that, but I, maybe some do. You, you um, never know. No. In those instances, though, covering is not necessary. However, if that food has to travel a distance, let's say down the hall or to another floor, it then has to be covered. And it would seem to me that there's probably been some confusion with surveyors that they don't have to cover those trays if they're right there in the dining room, because that it, it, that would make no sense. You don't do that at a restaurant. You don't do that at home. So going from the kitchen straight right to the table, they don't have to cover that. And I would say that there's probably been some concern about that. Other guidance that falls under food and nutrition services include the proper use of the hair restraints and glove use. So when cooking, preparing, or assembling foods, such as stirring the pots or assembling salads, the staff has to wear that uh, hair restraint. Staff do not need to wear the hair restraints when distributing food to res residents in the dining area or when assisting a resident to dine. So you don't have to see them wearing hair restraints when they're sitting next to the resident feeding or assisting to feed. Staff should wear gloves when handling ready-to-eat food, such as bread, and when serving residents who are on transmission-based precautions. So that's the times when they need to be wearing gloves. However, staff do not need to wear gloves when they're distributing foods to residents at the dining tables, like carrying the plates, or when assisting residents to dine unless they are touching ready-to-eat food. So if they are holding the fork and assisting to dine, they don't have to wear the gloves. But if they're picking up a sandwich to help, then they have to wear the gloves. Oh, gosh. Hand washing and glove use and uh, definitely <laughs> those hair restraints. Always yes. a focus and just an easy target. I mean, it is. Uh, it's so easy to touch an unclean area in the kitchen and then go back to the steam table and try to prepare food. Again, you've got a surveyor standing there watching you, and it's just an easy miss every time. It is. Um, those hair restraints, I mean, again, one strand of hair out, you could be cited for not proper use of hair restraints. And, of course, men, be sure to include that facial hair covering as well if you have facial hair. Well, I'm glad you pointed that out. I forgot yeah. about that. Yes. Yeah, yes, it's the beard uh, covers. I've seen those. Yeah, they look a little odd, but if you're going to have a beard, <laughs> ye must cover. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Well, let's talk about the key elements for non-compliance with uh, this, these tags we just talking about here. Okay, well, the key elements of non-compliance for F812 include failing to procure, store, handle, distribute, and serve food in accordance with professional standards, failing to maintain proper food temperatures, failing to obtain those food temperatures, you gotta log those temperatures uh, for every meal, improper food storage, failure to cook to appropriate temperatures, failure to maintain personal hygiene and infection control with those uh, hair restraints in the gloves, and failure to use and maintain equipment to reduce cross-contamination. As we say every time, a big part of understanding these tags and avoiding deficiencies is knowing how these surveyors interpret noncompliance. And the number one thing they look at are key elements of noncompliance. That's what guides them. That's what can guide you to be prepared. Sandy, can you tell the listeners how we're going to assist uh, with the compliance? Well, we are in the process of creating some new guide forms, and these forms are going to contain some action item checklists for each of those new areas. Uh, some of those areas will include auditing the food temperature, dishwashing and sanitation logs, making sure that everything is in that correct range. We'll have audits of refrigerator and freezer logs to make sure the food is being stored at proper temperatures. We're gonna observe food service and determine if gloves and hair restraints are used properly. This will be on that checklist. And then of course, auditing for any cross-contamination opportunities in the kitchen and those food service spaces. As we said earlier, we are here to provide the most up-to-date information and provide tools to assist you. Feel free to reach out for those, and, and we will provide those. Uh, the guidance forms with the action item checklist will get you ready prior to the October 24th, 2022 deadline and beyond. Well, once again, I think, Jen, we've hit it home with some really great information and a good start on some of those changes under the food and nutrition services. As always, uh, as we get more information from CMS, we will be sure to provide that guidance to you as soon as possible. Well, thank you all for joining us today for the continuing series of podcasts, Phase 3 Rules of Participation. I hope you're finding these discussions to be beneficial and that you will continue to join us in the coming weeks. Once again, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Sandy. As always, it's been a pleasure and I look forward to our uh, next podcast. Thank you all very much. This is Sandy Toole and Jennifer Williams-Lamb signing off. I hope you join us again next time on Healthcare Highwire.